louder than life. The biggest rock festival in America is back with the loudest lineup ever. Foo Fighters. Green Day. Tool. Avenged Sevenfold. Godsmack. Pantera. Queens of the Stone Age. Limp Bizkit. Plus, Weezer, Megadeth, Turnstile, Rancid, Falling in Reverse, 311, Pierce the Veil, Run the Jewels, Corey Taylor, Coheated Cambria, and so many more. 100 bands over four days in Louisville, Kentucky, September 21st through the 24th. Get your passes on sale now at LouderThanLifeFestival.com. Foo Fighters, Green Day, Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Godsmack, and more. The biggest rock festival in America. Louder Than Life. What's up, everybody? This is Rowdy Alternative. Uh, I'm Sam. Uh, today we're here with uh, Abby Vinoker from uh, Goodnight, Texas. Uh, what's up, Abby? How are you? Hey, how you doing? It's going. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, first off, funny story because I want to tell you real quick how uh, uh, I uh, first heard you guys. Um, it wasn't too long ago, actually. Um, I was at a bachelor party, and um, my uh, cousin, shout out to Mitchell. Uh, he um, played a, 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 a bank robber's nursery rhyme. And, um, nice. And like literally, I think we were there for like four days just camping. And I don't think there was another song that was played the entire time. So <laughs> that song's permanently stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, that's great. But uh, yeah, that, that's just kind of funny. Um, but uh, That's great. So I guess I'll just jump into um, how did you get started? Uh, I know you were you in the Stone Foxes. Yeah, I was. I was in that band. We were college roommates, and I played with them uh, until 2011, and then started this band. Following that, leaving that band. Okay, right on. So, uh, how'd you connect with uh, Patrick? We met. He lived out here um, in like 2007 to nine. And we met here playing shows and uh, we hosted an open mic night together um, at the Brainwash Cafe. And uh, yeah, and then he, he moved to North Carolina and we decided to kind of try to start a cross-country band. Thought it'd be fun. So um, when you say here, uh, where are you based out of? Uh, I live in the Bay Area uh, uh, in California, San Francisco area. Okay, and um, I guess talking about that in both your locations, um, did that have something to do with the name Goodnight Texas, or do I have that wrong? Yes, exactly. That's so. I at the time when we started the band, I lived in in the Sunset District in San Francisco, like kind of out by the beach, and he lived in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, sort of um, near Carborough and the University, and uh, we found mile for mile between our houses was this town in the panhandle of Texas called Goodnight. And uh, I think his wife, Mary, actually was the one to find that specific town. They were looking like sort of in the in the area, like of yeah. you know, where it would be. And, and she, yeah, we found that and was like, oh, that's fucking 
great name. So we, yeah, <laughs> tried it out on a few friends, and they were like, "Yeah, that's cool. You should, yeah, you should do that." So awesome. Switch, switch to that band name. From we, we at first we called ourselves P Wolf and Avi, which is way less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, what the th- the interesting thing with you guys that drew me in was um, at first when you hear it, you could anyone could call it, I guess country or folk or whatever like but i like to me it seems like a mesh of different sounds definitely folk stuff definitely country stuff but there's also like i want to say a bit of a like sonically it sounds rock at some points the way like a melody set up or anything what do you consider if you'd have to put you guys in a genre or a subgenre what would that be yeah so that's that's always tough to to define, I feel like we always are trying to figure out the best way to describe it. Um, it's definitely kind of heavier. It's not bluegrass, but we play bluegrass instruments. Probably most easily lines up with Americana because mm-hmm. it's kind of historical and there's stories there. And, you know, for the most part, it takes place in, in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, I, I, we tend to go with, like, folk rock, Americana. Uh, we've been called, like... Appalachian bluegrass, or sorry, Appalachian uh, garage music, or uh, <laughs> doom doom country, or you know, all kinds of things. But yeah, it's there. It's just a variety of of uh, of sounds. If anyone listening has a better idea of how to what to call us, we're always always looking for suggestions. Well, sometimes I, I don't even think you need a need a genre to put yourself in. That's the beauty of music. Just play whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. You do what you do. And yeah, I agree. Um, another interesting thing, um, that I found out about you guys, uh, specifically you, um, was that you were on the, uh, black, uh, blacklisted, uh, album from Metallica, correct? Yeah. Um, playing of Wolf and Man. Um, can you explain, um, how you even got, uh involved in that lane how you connected with metallica at all the it's yeah it's a pretty weird story but uh i've i've worked for them for about 15 years uh in the studio and and I, a long time ago i did some touring with them in their road crew and uh yeah just i've just kind of been around in their world and they figured out that i played music uh eventually and we kind of, you know, made friends about it, and I, I've had some opportunities to to play with them and sing some backing vocals and play mandolin when they go acoustic and stuff. Um, for specifically for their the benefit shows for their charity, which you know happen every maybe every couple of years in in the winter, and uh, so yeah, so I had kind of been around and, and known them, and when they were putting that together, their the head of their label, Mark Ryder reached out and was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, we, we've been talking about it. Do you, do you guys want to contribute a song to this? Like there's a lot of, a lot of cool bands on it and it was a big opportunity for us, but yeah, they uh, were super kind to let us, you know, join that album. But yeah, it stemmed from me working for them and knowing them for many years. So what made you choose that particular song? Well, uh, Patrick's last name is Wolf. So really anything with Wolf kind of, we tend to lean towards, uh, yeah, I sort of, I sort of had like, I mean, in in knowing the people that work for me, I, I was able to kind of ask like, hey, is there anything that's not getting picked that much? And they were like, actually, you know, so far no one's picked, 
you know, Wolf and Man and uh, I think Struggle Within at, at the time, you know, so we were like, all right, well, yeah, we got to do Wolf and Man because I've always loved that song. I think I think it's like, I don't know, it's just really like cinematic lyrically. And I was like, ah, I feel like I could like see what's try to like paint this kind of like foggy. Um, there's a song by Blitz and Trapper called Fur. It's like a story of like a wolf, like some turning to wolf. It's like it's kind of mystical and foggy and, and like very kind of paints a cool cinematic picture. But, you know, sounds more like a, you know, I guess like 60s folk song or something yeah. kind of like that. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to try to like figure out a way to like capture the sort of cinematography of this into sounds. And so I, I made up the demo on my phone and sent it around to the band, the guys in my band and and we're like uh, into it. So, yeah, just just decided on that one because it, it felt like we could do something cool with it and uh, and the wolf thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to come back to the Metallica thing, but first I, I want to ask you because you're describing that, uh, that sound. Um, is there like a certain sound that it's kind of a, cliche thing to ask but like a sound or a type or a if you have a band that comes to mind that you look to for inspiration or does it change a whole lot depending on what mm. sound you're going for i guess that's true uh there's a variety of bands that are inspiring uh to me at any given time and i think i try to like take elements of uh of them here and there and sort of run them through the lens of what i i think Good Night Texas is and try to see what, you know, there's definitely a lot of, you know, the way Metallica puts songs together with parts and pieces and, and has, uh, you know, it comes from like riffs and different things and sort of will c combine the, you know, ideas into these like sort of epic kind of masterpiece things it is really like inspiring to, you know, to, to witness and to try to try to do that. We have some songs where like the, the whole vibe of the song will sort of change in the middle and, mm -hmm. You know, I think that kind of inspiration for that could come from from Metallica. Uh, but yeah, also like, I mean, we've, you know, just find, trying to find heaviness in other sounds and other genres of music or like, uh, is really fun. Like really quiet stuff that's, that's really heavy to me is really powerful and, and hard to do. And I'm trying to think of like other bands that, like uh, the band, The Band, uh, has always been a, a big inspiration. R.I.P. Robbie Robertson. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Robbie Robertson. Real soon, but yeah, uh, yeah, that you know the way they they told stories and had a variety of different sounds, and some some songs were sort of you know more ballady, some were more folky, some were more um, rockin', funky, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of just like the an assortment of American musicology all in one all in one band always loved the way they did that yeah there's a lot of a lot of influences i could definitely ream off a bunch more if i sat and thought about it yeah you mentioned six uh, i'm kind of a 60s music nerd i love that shit uh is you mm -hmm. mentioned 60s folk is there like a particular band there that you like because i listen to that all the time yeah i mean dylan for me was mm -hmm. like a big inspiration like his early stuff and you know just the power of of that the power of, of his like live shows like seeing some of those bootleg live shows like the halloween 1964 one just like the way that the way that he took uh don't think 
I think it's don't think twice. It's all right. And like goes way up on the verses and like belting it. And I was like, I love the interpretation of his, the reinterpretation of his songs live. That, that, that kind of stuff always stuck with me. Um, yeah, I, I recently I've been really into like Zamrock and a lot of like seventies, like music from, from Africa. That's like kind of rocking and like, uh, that's, you know, that's not, that's definitely not sixties folk, but like, um, you know, Richie Havens and stuff oh, like yeah. that sort of bl- blended, blended some of the elements of, of African music and, and, uh, you know, American folk and yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I hear bits, uh, I'm trying to, I hear bits of Donovan in some of your stuff. I don't know if you know much. Yeah. Lo- yeah. I love Donovan. Yeah. 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 He's, he's got some incredible, you know, creative production too on his, his stuff, you know, really colorful. Yeah. Really colorful stuff. Yeah, he's an incredible folk singer, though. Just him with the guitar is incredible. Mm-hmm. But um, back to uh, what I was going to go on with the Metallica story. Um, when you recorded it, I'm not sure how this works. This is just more of I'm curious. Um, when you recorded of Wolf and Man for the um, album, was it uh, your normal recording environment, or did you have to go somewhere different to record it, it or this was this was during the pandemic so we we actually recorded it in january of of uh 2021 so yeah we 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 usually record our albums at home anyway so but the, this one we especially had to and uh so we the drummer and i got live near each other on the west coast and we got together we like took tests at the time and like got together to you know play um to just get the drum track down. So we got that down, those pieces, and then everyone sort of submitted, you know, the bass track came from New York from Chris and pedal steel came from central coast of California, Tascadero from Adam. Uh, and then Pat sent over his banjo and vocals and guitar. And um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a, an amalgamation of things. And then getting uh, well, our, our normal mix engineer, who's done our first four records, uh, Scott McDowell, mm-hmm like came on board to mix that too. And so he mixed that from his house and Jonathan Kirchner, who's done our mastering, did some like additional mixing and stuff to it. And then we just kind of turned it in. I was like, I hope they like it. <laughs> and they, they did. Fortunately, I was, I don't, I mean, I don't think that even if they didn't, I don't think they would have said no to it or something. They, they kind of were like down for whatever people wanted to interpret it as, but um, yeah, but yeah, send it in. And then they just, they had it, had it uh black and recordings, the, their label, uh, had it mastered and ended up on there. But yeah, it was, I guess, a familiar recording process, except we didn't, we didn't really get to like be together at all, which we're usually not. We do record separately, but usually we get to at least be together and play something once or feel out one part of it. What, you know, at the end of a tour on when we're sound checking at a show or, um, but this one was, uh, just very much like, you know, texting demos to each other and sending wave files on Dropbox. Yeah. I've heard of like texting demos and stuff. That's fairly normal. I think nowadays, but um, that's just kind of wild yeah. to me, like submitting your song to Metallica or their people that is, yeah. and just like, <laughs> yeah. all right, here it is. And then it's on the album. Like that, that's just crazy it, to me. The idea. Yeah. The idea that, I mean, a lot of people that recorded for that, like went into proper studios and, um, you know, they, I mean, they, they like had these high, you know, high dollar sounding recordings 
and ours was like recorded at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, I was like, how is this going to fit? But there, they had, I mean, they had, uh, Giles Martin, uh, involved in like the production of the whole thing. And they, they he had the mastering engineer, like make it fit somehow. I don't know. It, it's, it sounds loud and, and sort of blends in. I mean, we're right. We're right next to idols, which is one of my, one of my favorite <laughs> bands too, which is awesome. But it was like, they're, they're so fucking rocking. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. It's uh, somehow it does. I mean, there's, we're completely different than theirs, but, but it works. That had to have been surreal being on that track list. Just looking at that and seeing your name. Oh my God. Yeah. Jason Isbell. And like that's, I heard Jason Isbell's one, uh, at work, uh, Lars came in and, and was like, you've got to hear this. Like he's like, he like, he played it like out of his phone. He was like, you got to, like, I was like, this is so fucking cool. That's sweet. The true on there is it's, it's just like, yeah, he made it like a barn burning country Southern rock thing is, I mean, it's, you know, really good. Just straight up interpretation of it. Like thinking about it, like in a 12 bar type of layout. I mean, yeah, it was, it was amazing, but yeah, they, they were super stoked about what everyone was turning in just like all kinds of things. And, uh, we're, yeah, they were really excited about that project. I, I, I'm still really honored and stoked that they even, you know, invited us. Yeah, that's sweet, man. I, because I, I listened to that when it first came out. And of course, then I, I didn't, wasn't aware of who you guys were. So then when I discovered you guys, I'm like, no shit. That's the, I remember this song. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> but, you go. Uh, but um, yeah, let's go back to uh, uh, your writing yourself. So like when you write for Goodnight Texas, is it, a group effort? Is it more just you or a certain person? Patrick and I usually write songs separately and like bring them to the table, you know, anywhere from like 50% to 90% formed. And then we'll, uh, you know, kind of finish it off together. And then there's, there's been some recently where we've been, you know, experimenting more with like bringing it, you know, really to, you know, all four guys, our drummer, Scott and bass player, Chris, and being like, let's, you know, let's sit in a, we'll send demos to you guys and let's get together and like work this out in a room and make like a demo of us playing it and then work on that and then go in the studio and do it kind of, I guess like more normal bands do it. A lot of our stuff, you know, that we've released has been like take one, you know, or like it's how we heard it when we made it and we produced over what we made in the demo process and the demo became the, you know, like Maggie's Farm, or what? What was like our our first album? Uh, I'm gonna work on Maggie's Farm forever. It was I just was kind of like laying down a demo of me playing guitar and singing it, and that is that's it. We like it's Pat played drums over it afterward, even though it's not to a click track. I don't know how he did, but <laughs> um, and stuff like that. You just kind of make you know the first version work, which to me sometimes that's like how you first envisioned it, and that's like the way it should be. But it's it's cool too to do it this way and try to like you know develop it in a room together and make demos and then refine it and then go in and uh, you know lay it down. It's in like a you know legit studio, which we're working on some stuff now that we have something coming out um, uh, next month. That's that we will be our our first like bit you know recorded in a fancy studio thing with with a with a special guest. Also, uh, uh, more, can, can, more on that later. Okay, cool. I was about to say, <laughs> what can you tell us about that? But don't give away anything. Um, yeah, I don't think I can talk quite yet about it in full, but it's all good. Um, uh, so, when you're talking about the recording process, you said earlier that you had a uh, like 
a producer? Is he consistently doing your work or is it change or we, we, we kind of produce our own stuff. Like Patrick and I sort of produce, um, our music. We, we've, yeah, we've talked about like getting with a producer. It's obviously very expensive and, and so, you know, we're not rolling a dough. So it's, you know, we, we really love doing it. And, and for me personally, like production and arranging and stuff is kind of what I love the most almost about songwriting. So, you know, I, I love doing it this way, but we're definitely open to that idea and want to work with someone, you know, in the future when the opportunity presents itself. Okay. Um, but yeah, for now, it's just Patrick and I kind of, and, and really, I mean, you know, everyone kind of contributes elements. I mean, Scott has some, some great ideas, uh, you know, on, on drums that are like ways to shift things around and, you know, we'll kind of work together on that. But yeah, when, it, when we're, when we're getting down now into like, with some new stuff that we got, like getting into the, you know, final overdubs part, like Pat and I will kind of figure out what's finish up the production. How long is, how long does that process usually take you on average? It depends. Mm. Um, definitely depends. Some, some things it's like super quick. The song we did, we did the song tough with rainbow girls. Yeah. That was pretty quick. Like I, I made it, the, I, I made that song and, um, recorded a demo of it uh, and then sent it to Aaron and then she was, she was into the idea. And so then I, we just, Scott came over, we recorded a drum track and you know, I got the production elements in place so we could get her vocal on it. It was pretty, that went, went pretty quickly. Um, but sometimes we will sit with stuff for a little bit. Some, some things it's like, you know, or uh, yeah, like our, our song, hurry things along. It came out a little bit ago like that. We recorded actually the drums, and instruments most of them to that like years ago and it just was kind of sitting on the like ha- we hadn't hadn't finished it or didn't didn't have uh it was missing something uh i think it ended up being like a baritone guitar and really just hearing it again it was like uh, i like this and so that that took like five years i guess uh and then the song that was its <laughs> counterpart it's enough it came out with the, those two songs kind of came out as a pair pat wrote it's enough like uh, he he had this little riff for a while, but he very quickly was like, "Here's the song." He came over uh, at some point, and we were sitting there, just kind of like, oh, "It should be like about a baseball play." Like, and he just like improved, like almost rapped like the first two verses of it, just like not like off the top of his head. It was like that's brilliant. <laughs> so he just kind of went home, did it, recorded it, sent it to me, and I was like, "Oh, it's great." Like, yeah, uh, let me just I'll do a mandolin and some harmonies and. Then yeah, just put that out. That was super quick. So yeah, it it can be all over the place, uh, development wise. What do you all play? Like what instruments? I, I tend to play. Well, we both play guitar and banjo. Um, I tend to play mandolin. I'm like mandolin has become more my main instrument. Okay. Um, uh, but I'd say songwriting wise, you know, there are mandolin songs and then there are guitar songs and even some banjo songs. We sort of you know those three instruments are kind of, and band of baritone guitar. Those are like our four instruments that we switch off using. Um, but yeah, I feel like, uh, a Patrick's leads. So Patrick is the lead singer on bank robbers, nursery rhyme, mm-hmm. uh, for example. And so, and then I'll lead sing some, some songs or I lead sang on the, the Metallica cover. And so we're both the lead singers kind of in equal parts. And then, yeah, usually whoever, um, wrote the song to start is the one singing it. And, uh, yeah. And then, so the instruments we pick from are a banjo, 
uh, acoustic guitar or electric guitar, and then a, a baritone guitar, and then a mandolin. Okay. Um, so yeah, between those four, we. Yeah, so we it's very much a group effort then, is what I'm getting from all that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. It Good. is. I Good. think we have we have different uh, different sort of strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different parts. And, um, That's what makes a good group, cool. though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about your newest single, man. Tough. Uh, your, yeah. Uh, so you collabed with uh, Rainbow Girls. Yep. Um, I guess, uh, I, how'd you connect with them uh, to start the collab? Like, how'd that all happen? They, they've been friends of ours for a while. Uh, I mean, they live not far from where I live, maybe like an hour up in like, they live up in Sonoma County on like a little ranch, but, um, yeah, they, I've all, I've always loved their voices and Aaron and I used to sort of text demos of stuff and like little, uh, covers and things to each other. And then they, they, they would host these things they call a like a bean night. And, uh, that's where they just make a huge pot of beans and, and rice and just feed all their friends and <laughs> and people just it's like an open mic night people take turns playing a song or you know telling a story or doing comedy or like whatever it's like variety hour so fun goes super you know late at their house but this was pre-pandemic and they haven't really been able to do it since um it's also it also like kind of it got so popular amongst friends that like it was i think it it would be so crowded um <laughs> that just being night work. over soon but there was some, there was some fun, uh, there was, yeah, a lot some fun moments with that. And so we'd text covers to each other that maybe we'd try out playing together on one of those, those nights. And yeah, I always wanted to sing a song with her. And when I wrote, I wrote this song as a duet and I was like, I kind of, I want, I love Aaron to sing it. Um, and, uh, I sent it to her and she fortunately liked it. And so, so did her band. And she's like, this should be like a band collab. It's like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's just kind of what it was. And she she changed some words. I mean, I had written like some verses for her, and she changed them around and wrote some some new stuff. And okay, um, yeah, but it was uh, it was great. Stoked. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a great song. Um, I loved it Thank when you. it came out. Yeah. Um, so is was there? You said you wrote it to begin with she, before she changed like some of her stuff around. Um, yeah. What was there a certain story around it, like in particular, like what made what? I, came I don't know. Kind of, you know, a, a more generic take on like just being being on tour and your partner's at home. It's real hard. I mean, being being the, it's hard being the one away and it's hard being the one at home in different ways. Um, uh, and I think you know she and I both know that you know uh, from our you know relationships with our relationships with our partners like. My, my, you know, my wife and I live here in California. She and her, her boyfriend is also in a band that tours a lot. Um, and so, yeah, we know with the, uh, the ins and outs of, you know, difficulty, you know, finding time to get together on the phone or, you know, just the frustrations that get created. Um, so I think that's, it was just trying to kind of capture that in some ways. Yeah. And I kind of, I like the idea too, that, you know, I don't know, there's so many, there's so much, uh, or at least my idea of it from the beginning was like, there's there's so many things where it's like the guy's away and the you know woman's at home or something, and it's like fuck fuck that, let's, let's flip it around. Guys at yeah. home and making pancakes and you know the, feeding the dog, you know, and girls out on tour because uh, that's you know that's 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 real for especially for them. 
you know? Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't want it to be like in any way like traditional gender role. <laughs> yeah, change it up a bit. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, so uh, what, uh, what are we looking at with uh, your touring? Because, well, first off, how does the touring work with you guys being located so far apart? Yeah, we ju- we just kind of we get a lot of miles. We fly fly around. Two two people kind of you know got to fly pretty much everywhere we play. Cause we got Man. you know Patrick. Patrick now lives in New Jersey, and Chris is in New York City. And then Scott lives uh, here in the Bay Area, and I live in the East Bay. And uh, so we're yeah, we have to kind of two of us have to either go to the East Coast or go to the West Coast, and. Patrick's got a set of gear out there. Um, I got a set of gear out here. The van lives here at my house. So when we do the East Coast, we'll take one of Patrick's cars and usually rent like a smaller sedan and take two cars. But we kind of make it work. There's like we have certain things that fly that are universal, like our pedal board that connects our DIs for our instruments and stuff. Um, But yeah, it's it's uh, it's just been it's been kind of fun to try to figure out how it can function. But yeah, we usually get together like the day before a tour um rehearse once if we can which is not always the case um and then just go play uh you know and so like in in september we're gonna do that we're gonna fly out to we're gonna do some shows in colorado we start the tour in boise so we're gonna take the equipment to colorado rehearse in colorado for a day fly to boise play boise then fly back to colorado and kind of start (laughs) the tour there man so yeah and then be out for a little bit but yeah, it's it works. It's it just takes some logistics, and it's kind of fun to figure it all out. And yeah, that's all part yeah. of it. You'll 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 be happy about all the the tough toughness now later on, I guess, when you're get all the experience behind you. Yeah. Um, I hope someday we can have someone help us. <laughs> well, yeah. Book, book book flights or something. I mean, God, sitting and booking flights for people is Pat does does the vast majority of that, and I I am uh, grateful. Uh, but it's 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 a very endless task of, you know, is this is this flight okay if you leave at this time? Like, uh, actually, yeah, you know, like trying to coordinate people. It's like, oh man, I'm like, just book the flight. Who, you know, just tell him what he's tell him what he's flying. He's like, yeah. I don't know, ask him. But he's he's so patient and uh, he he's been handling that. And yeah, fl- yeah, a lot of logistics. Yeah, dude, flights are tough enough when you're just doing like a one shot trip. Like I can't handle it. Oh, I, yeah. I, I hate flying in general. Just for yourself, I yeah, mean, much less other other folks. And yeah, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. I have no patience for airports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for crying out loud. Yeah, but uh, what do your tour date like? How many dates do you have on like one trip? Like how many dates do you usually? So let's do? see. So like so like in September we're out for like. I guess like a little over almost three weeks. Okay. Um, which we, we don't tend to go like super, like some bands go out for like a month and a half. Like we, we don't really like do that or we haven't like had, um, we haven't in many years. Pat has kids and I feel like we can, you know, be, be intentional about how we do it. And if we were offered a tour that was super long and that made sense, I, we definitely would do it. But, sure. uh, it's, you know, when, when we have control over it, it's like, how do we, do it in a way that keeps us sane and our family's sane and avoid the tough scenario. Um, yeah, but yeah, for, uh, for too long, but yeah, so like in September, we're going out for like three weeks we'll be in like Colorado. And then we're going out with, uh, Donovan Frankenreiter, who's awesome. And Devin Allman, they're doing oh. like, they're playing all 50 States. 
uh, in 50 days or under 50 days. Um, so they're going to, they were going to break a world record, the Guinness record they've applied to break it. And, um, but yeah, so they're out right now. They already started and we're going to join them at like day 36 or something like that towards the end. Well, there you go. Be part of a record. That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah we won't get the record. They will, but we'll no. be part of the story. I guess. You'll be part of the story. <laughs> I thought about it for a minute when they, when we, they were, uh, offering us, you know, some of the dates on the tour, I was like, Oh, should we pitch that we're going to do the whole thing? And, uh, it was a unanimous no from the rest of the guys <laughs> in the band. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, that's insane. 50 shows straight. Like, I can't, I, I, I wouldn't be able to sing that. I don't think <laughs> I might throat would be gone, I, but I just, it would be nuts. It would be nuts. So they're, yeah, they're really doing an endurance challenge with this. Yeah. Well, good luck. And also, to them. <laughs> the other thing is true. They, they have, they, they're on a bus so they can, you know, sleep at night while they're traveling. Like for these tour dates we're doing with them, even we got to drive our own van. So there's some of the shows, like we play Salt Lake city and then we play Santa Fe the next night. Yeah. Like that's like 11 and 11 hours or 12 hours or something. Like we're going to have to, you know, play Salt Lake. And then like when we're done playing, sell some merch and pack up and drive three hours to try to make it in time for the next show. So yeah, that's, I, I would not be possible to follow them in a van. Um, yeah. You're already doing more than enough. <laughs> yeah. We got, we're doing plenty, but yeah, usually, you know, if we have a festival on one end and you know, we'll, we'll start it somewhere that makes sense between routing between two festivals or two things. And so that's what we're doing in September and in October. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Where are you based? Uh, so Ray's Rowdy is based in Nashville. Um, okay. That's where the boss man lives and all, like most of the people involved. I'm actually in Cincinnati. Uh, oh, cool. okay. So, so I do everything from here on my part. So the podcast, I do all the write-ups and stuff. Um, try That's to make great. it work. Do you, do you live on the Ohio side or uh, Kentucky, Kentucky side? You live in Kentucky, guys. Yeah, I, I we have some friends in Ludlow. Oh, shut up! That's like yeah. That's probably like um, ten minutes away. Right there. That's ten minutes away from me. Yeah. Oh man, uh, we had a lot of fun there. I've, I've liked hanging down there. Just a local local band there, the Harmed Brothers. Okay, friends of ours. You should look him up. I know he. One of them just, uh, just had a had a, a daughter, and so they've been kind of slow for the moment. But uh, great, but great band. They're yeah, they're based there, and they always say Cincinnati, but they're from the Kentucky side. Yeah, so gotta, yeah. Like I'm technically uh, from Erlanger, okay. which is like 15 minutes from Cincinnati. You're right. That's how. It works. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just easier, I guess, to say Cincinnati, yeah. but. But it's so different. But like, it's so different though. Like Ohio, Kentucky, oh, yeah. it's right there. But like, it's you know, it's, it's like it's cross- if you're the, if you're the, yeah, it's like crossing a portal when you go across that bridge. Like it's kind of for yeah. me personally. I hate going to Cincinnati. Beautiful city. I love the Bengals. I love the Reds. But crossing mm-hmm. that bridge, like my adrenaline and anxiety just goes up because I don't know what it is. It's I don't know if it's just it the here. city. I'm not used to it, but. <laughs> I don't know. Some people love it. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan, but you got to. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I've uh, we've had some good times in Cincinnati proper and and Kentucky. What's the what's the Southgate House? Newport is that Newport? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why we played there once. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I should go there a lot more. I've only been there once to see a Jeremy Pinnell and Arlo McKinley. Um, mm. Well, Jeremy Pinnell, cool. Arlo McKinley was like the special guest, but um. Yeah, that's a great venue. The old church. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, really cool spot. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love it there. Well, if we come through, we'll, we'll hit me up. Yeah. List and for hey. sure. But um, yeah. I was actually going to ask you uh, before. Um, do you is this is your main project is Goodnight Texas? But do you have, do you do any kind of solo work or anything separate? Yeah, I've, I've done some solo records, and I play I play solo occasionally. I, I don't think I prioritize it, but mm-hmm. I love doing working on it and doing um, doing stuff like that. I, I did an album not too long ago called Hindsight that I recorded entirely like on my phone in the pandemic, like on in GarageBand. Oh, like wow. mixed it in GarageBand. Uh, it, tr- it turned out cool. I'm really proud of it. And um, but yeah, so I try to do do some of that. Uh, when I can, but I definitely prioritize Good Night Texas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it just always, I love asking that to guys who are like, like, f- no matter if they're like a front man or what in the band, it's like, it's always interesting because I feel like a lot of them, if not most of them, do do solo stuff. Just no one knows about it mm-hmm. because, you know, they're focused on that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be, it can be hard to fit in. And I think it's like at some point, you know, maybe I'll put a little more time into it, you know, in between things or, but, uh, for now, yeah, it's, you know, I know my priority is good night, Texas, but I'm trying to make that as successful as possible, but you know, you kind of need to have a little space to do some different stuff now and again, uh, to kind of make the whole thing work. Well, of course. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, I guess what do you, what, what do you have? Uh, you mentioned an album coming up potentially. Uh, yeah, we're working on new stuff. Yeah, if you have any new, kind of new upcoming stuff, stuff new you want to talk about, yeah, we'll uh, well, I'll update you when whenever we we can talk about the the next thing we got coming. But yeah, there's we're working on a new record right now and got some singles coming up. And yeah, I think that's next year should be pretty busy as far as that's uh, that's that stuff's concerned. So yeah, I think think stay tuned, and we're definitely doing a lot of touring coming up uh in september and october and a little in november um yeah we'll be we'll be all over the place i think we're doing we're playing in nash we're not playing we're not playing in cincinnati we're playing in like nashville and uh atlanta and uh asheville in the south and um uh october then we're doing like acl october in austin okay various various things and then the southwest with with uh um, and the and the Northwest with uh, Donovan Frankenreiter and uh, Devin Allman. Yeah, right on. Yeah, when you're in Nashville, uh, hit me up or and I'll get some uh, the Rage Rowdy guys out there. The cool, come yeah, support yeah. You. yeah. Love to have them. Get to see what you think. Write a write a review or something. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. It's hard to get it's hard to get live concert reviews these days. I don't think it's not, it's not as common of a thing. I'm but it's very, like also you don't want to like badmouth anyone's concert like it's gonna you know so the way I see it when it comes to just reviews in general if I don't like something I'm just not gonna write about it because why put that negative yeah. energy out there uh, that's I think that's a good policy yeah yeah but with the live reviews I would love to do them it just when I get there I just pay I just can't pay attention to like taking notes and stuff so. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But like, that yeah, would, you gotta have your phone out writing shit down, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would like to try that sometime though. But I feel like I'm like the worst candidate for that because I usually get <laughs> there. It's like I'm just zoned in, or uh, of course having a few drinks. You know, you're not really thinking about taking yeah. notes, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, 
But anyway, man, uh, thank you so much for yeah, hopping thanks on. for having me. Yeah. So this this will end up being like a podcast. Yeah, this is a podcast episode. Unfortunately, we don't have the uh, video set up, but oh, the aud- yeah, cool. the audio and everything. Yeah, we'll we'll have it released. I'm not, I'm, I'm not much to look at. So. Yeah, well, me or my man, that's <laughs> why. But uh, we uh, it comes out on Apple and Spotify, and you know I'll tag you and the band right. and everything once it comes out. Yeah, but by all bef- means. Yeah, before we leave, though, uh, do you have any other... I know you talked a lot about your shows already and upcoming music, but is there anything like social media, any particular thing you want to plug for everyone listening? Uh, I guess just follow us on the gram. Yep. Instagram. That's probably where we, where we are the most. We're trying to do TikTok more, but <laughs> a little out of my uh, out of my element. I think um, that's like, everybody. What, how to do it. How to do it. How to do it right. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my dog's barking. That's all right. But, uh... <laughs> But uh, Ollie, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> can end it on that note. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you, Ollie, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for on. thanks for having me. Good good to talk to you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, once I sign off here, stay on for a second. Make sure we just got everything settled, and then we'll get sure. on out of here. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this is Sam here with Avi uh, with Good Night Texas and y'all have a good one. My boots look good on your bed and I beg you